The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We've never seen a fight where someone's landed this many strikes in a row. And if nothing else has happened on the other side. He's got that risk control oh, now. He's 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 got, he's got. Do it love! The machine! Wally Shrelly! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. I should have made for Adam. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Safe Sayu joins us today for the whole show, which is great. Uh, yes. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Good to see you, Safe. Yes. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, you were saying something. We just were. I mean, every time I see you, you look leaner and leaner. You're going back in time. Look at this guy. See, this guy's taking it all the way back to the welterweight. I mean, oh, there no, it is. Me. Oh, I thought you were talking to my little bird because he lost weight recently. You're talking to me. Yeah, man. You look yeah. good, dude. Thank you, Safe. I didn't have to bring that up. I really didn't. Listen, that's all right. Jim, 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 hold on. Jim always looks good. So Thank that's you, Safe. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. He holds it steady all the time, so. Thank you very much. I didn't want to say that, but I do appreciate it. I will accept it. Uh, what did you What did you think of the? Uh, of course, I wanted to ask you of uh, them taking a point from uh, Menefield. Um, uh, did you think that that was understandable? Uh, what What did you think about that? I mean, I, the thing was in the situation, it made sense, but I just wish he would have gotten more of a, a warning. I feel like he didn't really get a warning. But that's to say, like, if you break a rule, do you really need a warning, you know? So it's kind of one of those things. I just felt like it really affected the fight. Yeah. Um, you know, and the outcome of the fight obviously was a draw. You know, you got to give Crude a lot of credit. He came back. I mean, he was, you know, all heart there and came back. And I, it's just one of those. I mean, you can't say it was wrong because it wasn't wrong. I just wish there would have been a warning. Um, refresh my memory. What was it again with this? Uh, Jimmy Crute was uh, going for a takedown. Alonzo grabbed the fence, oh. but I guess it was a very blatant cage grab. Like it was one of those ones where was Mark Goddard was the ref, or or was it uh, Jason Herzog? Um, I think it was Mark Goddard. I, I thought I so, but he, he took a point immediately. Like no warning, just walked him around, took the point. You know what's rough about that one is because with a, with a dangerous, powerful striker like that, and when a guy puts when he exerts a lot of energy into trying to get a guy down when yeah. they get the guy down if they have good control the way Crute does and whatnot possibly that's when they get 
a, a few seconds to rest, a little bit, just to be like, oof, I got that. But when you do like a that's a failed takedown, and when you lift someone up and you go to and they grab something, and then now you don't got a chance to rest. Now they're waiting. For you. It could really impact it the, can. the fight. So it's yeah. one of those. It could be a strong warning, start them back in, and that kind of thing. Or I saw something worse last week with uh, who was it when he thought he gave a headbutt, or maybe he did. And he took away a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh... oh, bothering me now, but. First of all, I felt it was, bl- I didn't feel it was purposeful, but I felt it was blatant enough to warrant the point. And I remember I you didn't, I don't think he literally, yeah. I think it was in the, I don't think he's sitting there like, ah, like a Mark Coleman. I think it was, right. one of those <laughs> right you know what I mean? I don't think he was trying to use his head as a Mark Coleman, baby. Mark Coleman. Once they Who? took headbutts out, Mark Coleman was screwed. They're, once they used two things that really would affect Mark Coleman's legacy if it was around is when he was younger, his prime would be Yasada and the fucking headbutt roll. He'd be right. He'd never let's, be a champion. Let's let's talk about this. These younger fans, they've got to see Smashing Machine. If you haven't seen Smashing Machine with mm. Kerr and, and Mark Coleman and that that scene where he's sitting there with the belt in the locker room by himself, right, when he's won the Grand Prix and he's he's just taking all that emotion in, you know I mean? That old school MMA, man, I love, I love it. And, you know, we remember it. it. It doesn't seem that long ago to us, but hell, that was 15 years ago, maybe long 20. I don't know how long it's been. The, guy, the and, guys that fought and tried. Oh, I'm sorry, Saeed. Go ahead, go ahead. Keep going. No, no, sorry. that's it. That's all, that's all I had to say. I just had that memory in my head. And, you know, you, you remember the scene. How nice was it to see Jens Pulver get uh, recognized and being brought into the uh, Hall of Fame? And I guess it really took him off guard. He was, it was very emotional watching him get yeah. so moved by it, like it was Aldo, I guess, a couple weeks before. It's, it's nice to see that he's getting that recognition. Jimmy, it, uh, yeah. go ahead, safe, but I want to say something after. Go ahead. A couple things. I mean, uh, you know, I was in Rio uh, for Brandon's fight, and I saw Jose Aldo. He came to the back, and he gave Brandon a hug and stuff before. Such a nice guy. I couldn't think of a guy that deserves it more. Right. Um, and then that moment for him to have in Rio was very special, but Jens, you know, I mean, we did the show not long ago, uh, for all of us. And I mean, I love Jens. He's just a ball of positivity. He's always complimenting everyone else and always telling everybody else how great they are. And for an old school guy like that, he was a bad motherfucker too. I mean, you watch those videos and, and the tape of him and how good his hands were and how fast he was. And for him to have that accolade, I mean, hall of fame is forever, man. That's the standard. So, uh, big shout out! Congrats to Jens, an old school, old school gangster. Yeah, he was the king back then. I mean, he was the lightweight weight. Like uh, back then, it was lightweight. I think he would have been a lighter weight now. But uh, when he fought BJ Penn at the Mohegan Sun ages ago, uh, BJ Penn obviously went on to do great things and got him in a rematch. But uh, you know, people Jens was the, the like the longtime champ, and people were picking against him because BJ was the the yeah. prodigy and the next big thing, and he beat him, and he was like the underdog as the champ, and he fought him five rounds, and and uh, he beat BJ, and that was a big thing back then. A lot of the people that are, are listening now should throw Jens Pulver his name into the uh, UFC fight pass. Yeah, little uh, little even. It was it was a, he had a great great career, and uh, it's been you know. It's funny. Like I seen the I seen the video. It was so emotional with him when he found out. Yeah. And his son, his son came in frame, and they were hugging and crying. Jimmy, I don't know if you're thinking, of, Jimmy, you're you're a jerk. You're a jerk. Well, I thought it was beautiful. I no. I, I loved seeing. It. I love Jens is such a nice guy. You, you can't not be happy for Jens. This is the thing. Yeah. This is what I this is what I instantly thought of, and I felt like a piece of shit. 
I thought about when I was inducted into it. And it's I'm an emotional guy, too. You know, my daughters the other day, just show you how emotional I am, and I'm not going to get too into it. Just on a weekend, they did a, a dance comp all weekend, and they did a, a duo together, and they won a special award. It really was good. Oh, was nice. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. That was so great. So I'm a very emotional guy. Jimmy knows. So yeah. when I got the call for the uh, – when I got the call – for my Jimmy, we made a joke about this one time because when I remember when they called me and then they we played it on the show, and it was my response to being put into the Hall of Fame, and it was just I was just like taken back a little, but like I didn't hit me yet. So like Dana told me, and I'm like, oh, I go, hey, honey, I told my wife, honey, I'm in the Hall of Fame, and then Jimmy's making fun, like, hey, honey, I'm in the Hall of Fame. Can you bring down a sandwich? And like I was making light of it, which I wasn't, but I see all these other guys getting so emotional, crying. I'm like, fuck, man. I feel like a piece of shit. I should have went back and if I would have, I didn't, I got hit by surprise. Yeah. You know, like, you know, these guys are blowing their eyes out. And I'm like, fuck. I go, it meant a lot to me. I had my family there and shit, but I'm just like, hey, honey. I, mean, I don't know. It was, you'd have to think, really live it. I think, I think the thing is, Matt, with you, yes. I mean, a lot of people know you. You know, you have this show and you have a platform and everybody knows about the GSP fight, even though you never talk about it. Everybody knows. Every the biggest upset ever. Everyone was saying Islam Volk. Everyone was like, I think Arrow was like, wait a minute, it's Sarah GSP. I mean, so people know you. I think with Jens, people kind of don't know who he is. I mean, there's so many new faces in the sport. There's so many young fans. They don't really know. And it's hard for guys like that to sit back and watch. And I mean, you know, he held the belt. He was the man. I mean, the number one guy at the lighter weights. And no one even knows who you are. And, and you know, I think that just him getting that acknowledgement, I think that's where all that emotion came out of. And I, I really, I thought, it, you know, I thought that that's really what it's about. So everyone is in a different place with their legacy. And, it's true. and uh, you take a guy like Cowboy Cerrone, he never won a title, but everyone's going to know Cowboy Cerrone until the day he yes. dies, you know, that's by right. one name too. So it's, it's a little true. bit different, you know. And it's also, it was nice to see, and we do have Marab in the waiting room, but it was nice to see like Bisping, Dominic, those guys uh, as ex-fighters went so far out of their way to speak highly of him and let anybody who's a new fight fan know this guy is is a pioneer and he deserves this. Like this is a guy you may or may not know, but he absolutely is one of the, uh, and what Dominic Cruz got like a little emotional and he's like a robot to watch him get caught up in it. You know, you never see Dominic Cruz like that. So it was really, really nice. I think I think put a cap on it. It's just really awesome that we can share this history that we have. Matt is such a big part of it. All of us that were around in 2005, 2006, you know, now the UFC is so big, the sport's so big. I mean, uh, it's just crazy. But back then it, it just wasn't, you know, and there wasn't as many fights. There wasn't as many pay-per-views and opportunities. So it's cool to see the respect given from the guys that are commentating. Now the guys that are, you know, on top in the media, um, given that recognition all and there's a ton of guys like Jens man we could go on and on and on Matt could go on and on remember this guy remember that guy and, and I mean it just never ends and, and there's so many guys that fall short of that hall of fame status or a championship title they never even get that accolade so it was it was it was good to see that love being thrown out speaking of future hall of famers Marab thanks for joining us now it works. Now he hears us. Say it again. Yes. yes. Say it again, Jimmy. Say you it hear again. Us? Marab, do you, can you hear us, buddy? I can hear you. Okay, good. We weren't sure if you got tested. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Jim? 
Uh, very good. How are you feeling about uh, uh, the Piotr Jan fight? And uh, again, we've talked to you before. We're very, very happy for you that you're finally getting these fights that you deserve. These these big fights. Guys have to deal with you now. Nobody wants to deal with you, and now they have to. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, for sure. It's a great fight, and uh, really, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, against fight against former champion. This is amazing, of course. Uh, Marab, I'm so happy to see you, Marab. Marab's been in Vegas getting ready for this. You know what I mean? And uh, Marab, yeah, you, I gave you a message the other day on your little Instagram. You look like a beast, Rob. You're always a beast. But this is what I want to say because you're such a nice guy with this Peter Jan. Fuck this guy! Fuck this guy Marab! You're a nice guy. But this is bigger. This is bigger. Listen. We know that life is pressure. We know fighting is pressure. It's fucking pressure. So I'm not putting more pressure on you. But this, did he freeze or is he just really, oh no, he's okay. Good. Yeah, he's um, driving. Rob, uh, concentrate on your driving as I go nuts. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not driving actually. He's a passenger. Jake, he's a, yeah, I'm Jake? a passenger now. Oh, is that, is that, is that your, uh, is that Jake the? Uh... Jake, yeah, Jake. Daddy, what's up, bro? Uh, what's this up? Hi, doing? Doing? Interview, Jake. Good to see you, bro. Jake's good a good guy. Jake's one of the crew. So anyway, Marab, what does this, this is, listen, this is bigger than just your regular fight. I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm only saying it because I know you are up to the challenge. This is, you have your whole country. Yes. Behind yes. you. Yes, for this, this little, is. this bully, this little bully from Russia coming yeah. over. Oh yeah, look at you. Listen, and I see it. I know that little interaction with you guys. When he's like, oh, yeah, he's trying to test your muscles. He's doing, and you're being polite. But they got to understand. All these Russians got to understand. Don't mistake niceness for fucking weakness, Marab. And you're bringing you know. the fucking fire. You're bringing the fire, bro. Sorry. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I can't you. fucking Thank wait. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. This is not only... It's just regular fight. This is bigger than fight, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's fight. Um, you know, like Russia has occupied my country, and I have to fight for my people too. You know, it's like um, nothing personal. Like I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, it's we we want or no. This is like Russia and Georgia, and, and this is fight. I have to I have to fight hard. I have to win and make my people uh, proud and uh, my team. And uh, everybody else, we've been training hard, so and uh, we want to prove we are better than him. And uh, big, big opportunity. And then he's, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's good fighter, but stupid fighter. <laughs> so we gotta, we gotta make him. He, 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 uh, he was he no rules, you know. And he, when he need my friend Aljo to the, head, uh, you know, to the head. So, and uh, yeah, exactly. Like, what are you sorry, you mentioned Matt too. When I met him in Abu Dhabi, he was like, Yeah, he was, he was disrespecting me. So, cocky, a little cocky. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he's yeah. lost three, he's lost three out of four fights. So, I'm wondering if he's trying to get his own confidence up, uh, or, or present a, a strong front. Say, what would you tell if you, if you were Pyotrion's coach and you have a guy like Marab who just does everything well and never gets tired? What would you tell him? How would you tell Piotr Jan to deal with a guy like Marab? Jump the first, dog. I, first, I just first I got I gotta say, 
it, it was worth the price of admission just to watch Matt getting in his ass and get him all fucking riled <laughs> up and get him going. Matt giving him that coaching all the way from New York, baby, building them from, from scratch. Uh, let me just let me say this. Everybody knows Marab's got a gas tank and the guy's a hammer, you know, and Matt has told me this. Ray Longo told me this as well about how Marab pushes and pushes and pushes. And we see it in his fights. I mean, he's he's got an unbreakable attitude and an unbreakable will. And uh, he's going to have to use that gas tank and try to be physical with Peter Jan. I mean, Peter is known as being physical, but he's shown, as Aljo shown, you know, he's, he's shown he's susceptible to takedowns. He's susceptible to pace. Um, but sometimes he shows up really, really sharp to defend the wrestling, and sometimes he doesn't. So I think that's really what it's going to come down to. And I'm sure Marab is, is uh, very well equipped to handle it. Now that Matt has officially made it a political uh, fight as well, <laughs> Georgia versus Russia, I mean, there's a whole different angle there that I wasn't really thinking yeah. about, but I, I, that's true too. Can I just throw in there that I feel, and I mean this, it's not that he's a better fighter than Aljo, but style-wise, style-wise, I believe this is even a worse matchup for Peter Yan versus Marab than it is versus Aljo. I, I mean that style-wise. Now look, Marab's not going to stop coming after him. So if they, if he, and, and also Marab's shown that he could take a shot that would knock other people dead and still come back and win a fight like he did with Marlon Marais. You understand? You know, so I don't believe that that um, Peter Jan fought anybody with the intensity that Marab has because there's not a lot of guy that guys that have that, and I'm, that's that's a skill in itself. The endurance. To go up and down, up and down, up and down. Dude, that's, that's, that's fucking insane. You know what I mean? And then there's guys like Jose Aldo, who are just experts with taking a, 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 taking a, with the takedown defense. And the hard, that one, he, Jose Aldo was probably the worst matchup in the whole division versus Marab. And Marab got it done with that former champion legend. So I'm just saying, and another thing, let me just add this really quick, is Peter Jan is getting comfortable. Now, hear me out with making excuses for his losses. Oh, I'm going to leave. The UFC doesn't like me. To... Oh, I get Oh, you want to bib. You want to leave the out. Fuck that shit. Stop crying. You got to get this shit done. Aljo beat you. Stop crying about that. You know what I mean? So anytime the guy loses, who else did he lose to that he was bitching Sean about? O'Malley, split decision. Aljo, <laughs> split decision and disqualification. Oh, man. So what happens when Marab beats him? Oh, the UFC doesn't like me. I told you. <laughs> Fuck that shit. You cocky little Russian. Do you think, let me ask you guys, does it psychologically fuck with a fighter when you have fights like that, two split decisions in a row, and then you can convince yourself you won, but you actually lost at a disqualification? Does that do anything psychologically to a fighter that makes that makes him either more dangerous or more likely to make a mistake, do you think? I think more dangerous. For me, like, um, like when I have, like, um, uh, my my I lost my first two fights in UFC, uh, yeah, and uh, it makes me motivate. And uh, when I come back, I come back more smart. And I, because I leave judges' hand, and like, and next time I make sure I take people down, I give them big hug and I beat them up and make sure like I don't leave judges' hand. So I'm sure he will come more strong, more smart. And uh, actually for this fight, I think he push. For this fight, he asked uh, UFC and Shansha before this fight, but and uh, now 
so I gotta like you said, you know, I gotta I gotta win this fight. I gotta I gotta make him humble, and uh, yeah, go from there. How's John Wood doing? I know you're working a lot over at. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he did. Uh, he yeah. He he did the uh, surgery on his uh, right shoulder, oh. and then uh, yeah, like he can uh, like he hold me pets uh, like first time with one hand, but yeah, otherwise yeah, it's good. You know, I've been training here with a lot of lot of guys, a lot of parties, which is good. You know, like. Uh, I have a lot of many, many Chinese partners because like a lot of guys come in here, UFCPI and uh, other gyms like Syndicate, Action, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I've been I've been sparring, you know, I've been I like you know like sparring and uh, uh, like real real like challenge, you know. Challenging I'm gonna myself. I'm gonna say like other than say George Saint Pierre, who was a master at it. That John Danaher would call the art of the shoot box. That's basically what we call feet the floor, closing the distance and getting it down without getting uh, knocked out or hit that much. Marab is up there with like St. Pierre with that. As far as his timing, like I see Marab and Longo has also go with guys who are better wrestlers and they do straight up wrestling and the guy might do better than him. Yes. Longo, I remember this. This is a guy, I'm not going to name out the guy, but I remember Longo goes, now look, he goes, look, the other day he told me, this was during a sparring session. He goes, he goes, now he's going to spar with this wrestling kid. He goes, the other day they did wrestling. The kid was all over Marab. He goes, watch this. They put the gloves on. They go to spar. Marab, if you, you wouldn't believe it. It's a different MMA wrestling and the timing of the art of the striking to the shooting, to the clinch, to the takedown. It's a, it's a, it's a whole different thing. So it's like the same guy that gave Rob some problems or fits with, with just the straight up wrestling. We added in the strikes. The timing was just beautiful. And you wouldn't have believed it. The guy was like, the guy was taking extra time between rounds to get more. <laughs> it was fucking great. You remember that? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, man, pack a lunch, Peter Jan. It's going to be a long night. And, and how good is his uh, cardio, Jan? Is he, is, he, is he known to have a... Uh cardio that's special or is he's he's more than just uh, average cardio i think I mean, he has he's went he's went five rounds before i mean i think that sure. rob rob was in the corner right rob you were in the corner for one of those fights without yes. yes 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 so marab's had, had a close-up view at him and his gas tank and really the, the big question is jim back to what you said is what is he going to do off that loss is he going to change his training up is he going to, you know, was he happy with the Sean O'Malley fight? Did he feel like he performed at the level he should? Or is he going to, I mean, obviously needs to incorporate more wrestling. I think we know what Rob is about. I mean, we know he's going to punch, but we know he's going to wrestle. So what changes has Peter Jan made? And will he be the best version of himself? Or will he be the same version? That's the real question. Yeah, and Marab just uh, said something about not wanting to leave it in the judge's hands. So that does make you more aggressive. Um, but I also wonder, does it make you susceptible to making a mistake because you're afraid of it going to the judge's hands if you've dropped two straight split decisions? Could, could it have that little tinge of effect on you where you, you, you're you afraid of leaving it to that and you wind up doing something uh, you shouldn't do? Yeah, look, leave the judge's hands. So, like, this fight will be, I mean, I'm, I realize, of course, this fight will be a tough fight. And now, like, I don't think it will be one side, but will be war and will be fight of the night for sure. You know, like now I'm going to show everyone my striking, not only wrestling. But this fight will be like a good fight and will be fight of the night, I believe. And it will be uh, people will enjoy, enjoy watch this fight, you know. People, 
Peter always brings in, you know, he always fights hard. And, uh, you know, like last couple of fights, I try to uh, keep it smart. But now this time it's going to be war and I'm ready for this war. And uh, <clears throat> I know maybe it can be a close fight, but I'm winning for sure. I'm going to do everything for win. We all know he's, um, he's even coming better in uh, fourth round and fifth round, but I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And... Um, I'm gonna break him, you know, like like yes. Matt said. I'm gonna keep pushing, keep taking down, keep um, now whatever, just throw punches and mix it up. It's the main eleven, uh, the main event, March the eleventh. Um, Rob, look, we'll talk to you again, hopefully right before that fight. But if not, we'll talk to you right after. Hopefully, you get another win. And uh, I'll be there. I'll good be luck, there. buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. We appreciate it. Have a good day, guys. All right, pal. Take care. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And, you know, we've talked before about Marab and, and how I think a lot of guys wanted to avoid him if they could. Um, and now that he's, uh, I think he's third, there's so many good fights for him. Um, you know, he hasn't fought San Hagen, He hasn't fought Marlon Vera. He hasn't fought uh, O'Malley. Like, there's a lot of interesting non-title fights for Marab now. So he, he's got a good run ahead of him if he gets through this fight. Can I add that if you look at his career in the UFC, he literally could be undefeated. Yeah, that first that fight and listen that Frankie uh, signs was a nice kid, and a very nice kid, very good wrestler. He didn't win that fight. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm not that. I won't watch the fight. Tell me the guy won. I think Marab beat the record for takedowns in that fight. But and Marab was coming off a fucking flu, but he won that fucking fight. But you know they gave him an L. But you could easily give that to Marab. And then there was the fight with Ricky Simone where at the bell, like Marab was like. Yeah. Like, like in like in and out of consciousness and they fucking, but yeah. he made it to the bell. The ref didn't break it up. So it's a lesson. It's controversy there. So you, it's not like, all right, he's got the two L's by a knockout and a fucking, he went to sleep and he did it. I don't know, man. It's, you can make a case for this guy being undefeated in there. So let me, let me, let me, let me say something. At an all time high. Dude, Matt is such a fucking coach. I mean, he has just been going on. He got all the accolades. Now he's giving me fight history. He's giving me all the every little detail. You know, I love that's why I like doing the show because I see the coaching you and all the love and the fire that you have. And that's why we connect, man. And and I know how much you care. So it's, it's hard uh, not to, you know, a guy like Marab, it's even more so. You know what I mean? It's even yeah. more so. 
And I like that. I, you know what I liked? And, and I know we're going to get into the fights now. Sure. Uh, with Volkanovski, I love how those, that, 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 that team is so tight, that city boxing. You know, you saw his, his friends in the audience, like the other fighters yeah, from yeah, Israel, yeah. the Dan Hooker and all them, support their yeah. guys. Can we, can we delve into that fight real quick? Because what a fucking fight, huh? What are you guys' thoughts on the fight? And then I'll tell you more. I, uh, I, you know, I did the, the UFC breakdown for it, and okay. I looked at all the angles, and um, and you know, I, I thought it was going to be a very competitive fight. I, I, I thought Volk was going to find a way to to be competitive in the grappling because he's just such a winner and he's such a competitor. And uh, people were kind of talking shit like, "Oh no, he's going to get taken down. It's going to be over." This that it's like. Man, I, we're always so quick to discredit people. And Volkanovsky showed what determination and hard work and, and setting, the, setting the bar as high as you can uh, is. And I mean, look, the guy lost the fight, but he won, he won the world in a lot of ways. And, I, and, I, and, 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 and to piggyback off that, I feel bad for Islam. Islam fought a beautiful fight. Islam showed a side. He outstruck Volkanovsky with the significant strikes landed to me, the ones I was watching, as far as, you know, every time he would hit Volk, Volk would acknowledge him like, damn, man, you tricked me, man, that was a good shot. And Islam was sliding around on the outside, and he was landing on Volk, and I've never seen Volk not be able to solve a puzzle, but he wasn't expecting the, the striking to be so diverse and the movement to be what it was. And so it was awesome to see that out of Islam. And then again, it was awesome to see how extraordinary Volk was in the later rounds, his will, uh, just everything, the energy, the, the whole fight. It was, it was, it made me happy to see both of them shine because they both deserve it. It just disappoints me that uh, that Islam is getting kind of shit on, right? Everyone's like, oh, you suck. You're not the pound for pound. Like, fuck, Islam sucks. It's like, dude, he just fought the guy that was the best fighter in the world, the pound yeah. for pound number one. He took a risk. I mean, I don't care what you say. Um, you know, I, he took a risk and early in his, his championship campaign. And, and I think he deserves a lot of credit because he didn't win the way that we thought he was going to win. Right. So I just, I, 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 I think they both come out of that 20 points higher in their legacy and their status and, and the respect level they should be shown. I just wish it was across the board. Volk's definitely getting it, but Islam deserves it as well. Say, can, let me ask you too, because I felt the same way. Like I thought like uh, Makachev threw a lot more significant strikes, but then, and again, the numbers don't always tell the tale as, as you no. saw it, but they're saying they that don't. Volkanovsky had him 164 to 95. Uh, I'm sorry, in, in 70 to 57 and significant. And the only then thing they, that Makachev, they could have counted those ground and pound strikes in the last minute. They might have racked up 20 uh, or 30 or 40 of them okay. and counted those as significant. You know, it's, it's like you said, Jim, you can't look. We know what the fuck we're talking about. Okay. And, and this thing about everybody being an expert and this and that, we've been doing this shit since the beginning, you know, and uh, everyone that watched that fight, uh, you know, I think most people had it scored for Islam. And I think it was a very close fight. I think Volkanovsky close the distance, but I think the striking, the striking and the cage control from Islam was enough. You know, in the fourth round, he had the body triangle. I just thought it was enough. I thought it was three, two, yeah. either way, either way, you could say Volkanovsky won the fight. Uh, Volkanovsky did fantastic, but I think that was more people so shocked of how he did number one, so shocked that he hung on the ground that they start kind of changing. It's different to say, wow, he did great versus hey he won and i think that got kind of lost in translation a little bit and then i think then then the then 
people get mad at the winner and start shitting on them when it's like, can't we just celebrate both guys? Can we fucking stop being so negative as an MMA fan base and a culture? Can we fucking stop it already? Can we just celebrate both guys being great? I mean, that was a win for everybody. It was historic. Everybody should be celebrated coming out of that situation. But uh, and that's really how I see it. Those city kickboxing guys love to to try to go up uh, in weight and take the next belt. Like there really is a, a risk taking attitude there. Like with Adesanya fighting Blahovic, uh, uh, going up in weight and taking his first loss, doing that by decision, and then uh, Volkanovski. Uh, how many fights in a row he had won? I think he had only lost one fight up until that point, taking a huge risk going up to fight Makacho. Yeah, that was such a great fight, but I agree. I think Islam won three to two. I thought he won got, three to two. Yeah, I yeah. thought so. They got they got huge nuts, mate. Anyway, yeah, my thing is this, Jimmy. I feel I you know, Islam, I felt won. If you go for a bum round the round, I even went back, I watched that first round. Yeah. And you could say if now this is the thing. They both hurt each other with a punch. If, yeah. if Volk, Volkanovski hurt him with the punch, and let's say Islam still got the takedown but didn't really do much with it besides the back take and he's doing the old shaka, maybe give that round to Volk. But because before that, they both landed some good shots. Yep. They both landed one shot that they both felt. Yep. And then you add in. He, he dropped, he dropped him too. Yes. He dropped Volk. And so, I mean, you can't lie. Like, as yeah, much as you want to root, as much as you want to root for the, the underdog and Volk yeah. and the whole experience, you when you go back and you watch it, he dropped Volk and then he had the control. So there's one. He got and, the he got the body triangle yes. and held that whole thing in yes. the fourth. I mean, those are two rounds right there. So it's like you got to find three rounds in the next that Volk won out of those other three. And I just don't see it. I think three and five, he definitely won. He finished strong, which is a huge Ooh. piece of what we do finish strong look great and islam was like hey i'm i mean i'm chilling right here i don't want to take a risk it was an awesome thing for both i was so happy to see both sides represent so well and i think that's really what we take from it i mean i think they both deserve massive respect like sarah said huge balls on both these guys for doing that i mean they really went for it let me add something in here and now this is i might now this is a little bit more of me just kind of stick it up for my art I love jujitsu. Now listen, I'm wearing the I love jujitsu. If anybody's listening, I just yes. showed it on screen. Now listen, <laughs> there's always that, that there's that shirt that the Dagestani guys love to wear. If Sambo was easy, it'd be called jujitsu. Okay, very funny. Very funny. <laughs> My thing is this. Volkanovsky's getting ready for this biggest fight of his life, one of the best grapplers on MMA grapplers on the planet. He just put the He just yeah. uh yes, he's working with Craig Jones, Craig Jones from the yeah. BT. Craig Jones is arguably number two in the world. He's up there. You know, he he, you know, Gordon Ryan is the best in the submission game in the jujitsu game right now, no gi. But Craig Jones is up there, up there, up there. So good. So my thing is this: you know, if let's say Volkanovsky worked with a world-class sambo guy, because he's fighting a sambo guy. That's not going to do the same thing. Sambo, although has a great uh, offensive uh, onslaught of uh, techniques, you know, they got a great, they're, they, uh, they're very aggressive with their wrestling. They don't like being on bottom. They like being on top and uh, they're very good positional. Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, man, your defense, the defense in Jiu-Jitsu is, is, is night and day. 
I mean, it's basically survive the fight first when you want to go right down to it. And then you, and then you survive and then you finish if you want to go into philosophy of the jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he made the right choice by getting a jiu-jitsu expert to help him in his fight instead of Graham and Sambo Sid to come down with the shorts on and gate. No, it's not happening. He got Sambo. the right guy for the job. Sambo, Sambo Sid? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> listen, he got the right guy for the job. Craig Jones deserves a lot of credit, man. And, what, uh, what, I'll say, what I'll piggyback off of what Matt yes. said, and, and Volk said it too. Man, when he goes back to featherweight, because he's got all these new skills, here he's training with guys that are bigger than him, yeah. stronger than him, and, and he showed he was strong. He showed he was strong as hell at lightweight against a very strong lightweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that stuff he was saying about, I'm strong, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm physical. I'm explosive. It all was true. So he's going to be even that much more physical and explosive when he goes back to featherweight. Did you see in the corner, I think it was after round one, when they had, they said something to, to Volkanovski and he went, he's not strong. Like, which again, I'm sure Bokachev is strong, but he didn't seem to be too worried about yeah. uh, Islam's strength. Good point. hundred percent. You're right, Jim. And I've, I've mentioned this before the fight, even though I'll take this one on the chin happily, you know, uh, where I thought, I mean, Islam, I'm so impressed in all his prior fights with his takedown ability and his control, submitting guys bigger and powerful than Volkanovski. I mean, arguably is uh, like uh, Drew Dober is a beast. Yeah. Take, take these guys yeah. down more in this one. He's getting uh Dan hookers who, uh, yep. Who um Volkanovsky, uh, Volkanovsky could probably run between his legs. The guy's yeah. so tall. I mean, he got him yeah. down. He got him in a Kimura in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> you like that, Jimmy? That's yeah. how I fight him. <laughs> his, his nuts as a speed bag. Anyway, uh, my thing is this, Jimmy. You ever see that episode of Gilligan when he was running through the giant's legs? No, but I hate I, Gilligan. Jimmy. I hate him. Okay. Uh, I grew up on that. And Me I too. used to have fantasies of Ginger and, and uh, Mary Ann. Yeah, I just wanted to fuck Mrs. Howell. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mr. Howell. So okay. No. <laughs> Listen, so where was I? Bring me back, please. You were talking about um, uh, fighting Dan Hooker and how tall Dan Hooker is okay. compared to Volkanovski. So yeah, I yeah. fought, the, out of all my fights, it might surprise you, Jimmy. I only fought one gentleman that was shorter than me, to your surprise. Okay. That was Ivan Ivan Menjadar. Ivan Menjadar. He was yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivan, was, Ivan was great. He was so great. Uh, and he was shorter than me. And I remember being on top of him in half guard about the pass. And all of a sudden, boom, he jumps to his feet. And I got like a seatbelt with him. Like he was very good at getting to his feet. Yep. I won the fight, Jimmy. But that's of course not you the did. Point. The point is, I, don't doubt I got it. his back trying to choke him. He had no neck. No. And yep. he was hitting me going, sorry, sorry. He was a very nice yeah. guy. But uh, <laughs> so I know what it's like. And I said this before. I'm like, that might pose a problem. When you're fighting a smaller right. guy, there's the limbs are smaller, man. Yeah. Sometimes I wanna I wanna challenge myself. I'll jump on like one of the smaller people in the school, or even like uh, if I'm rolling with one of the girls who's smaller than me, like I, I try to get her in just arm locks without using because they got these little arms and they know what I mean. So you got to try to play really tight to them and I don't know. But uh, all I know is Volkanovski, man, you could make a case that he won the fight. I felt he lost it. Because of the, if you go round the round, he did lose. If we talked about pride earlier, if it was a different um, uh, criteria for ruling, where in pride, it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. They rule it like a real, like a street fight. So they would have gave it to him for sure. 
because he ended strong. And that's a, but it isn't pride. It's the UFC round by round. I believe he lost, you know, yeah. the rounds. You know, even though he's got to give him that fucking fifth round, though. Holy shit, that was that was, and that's what really got everybody on their feet. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing how active he was, too, on his back, just throwing punches back. And when you looked at his face, he didn't look concerned. Like, it was crazy to have uh, to be wrapped up by Islam, and he did not look concerned. And he had said he was unchokable, I guess, after the Ortega fight. He goes, I feel like I'm unchokable. And I think he really believed that because he didn't seem to be concerned. There was no panic. Uh, He handled that really well, uh, even when he was in those uh, bad positions in the fourth. I seen him. I seen him. Only because I've been practicing it a lot lately. Because you listen. Safe knows you never as a martial artist, especially nowadays, you never stop adding to the arsenal, you know. No. So lately I've been practicing my hand assist assist method when somebody's got a body triangle on me. I used to be such a barrel, they couldn't get those legs as a triangle, so I used to not worry about it. But now there's ways to get rid of that body triangle. And it's I seen him trying to do it. I seen Volk trying to get the leg that's on top between his legs and it, it, I, I was shocked. I'm like, it, it's very, if you know what you're looking for, you, you'd be like, oh, wow, he's trying to do the proper escape. So that wasn't just him. All right, I have no neck. I'm a short guy. I'm just going to go like this, like a turtle in a shell. He was looking to do the proper escapes. Again, he's going with one of the best in the world with control. It goes back to his training for this thing. Look at the size of Craig Jones. Craig Jones is a yeah. big fucking dude. That's, that's, what, that's, what, that, that, that's what I'm saying. And to, to, to piggyback off of that, off of Matt, what Matt said, I mean, you think Islam doesn't have a variety of short chokes, uh, rake in the face, all kinds of little tricks. And he was trying to position himself, as you saw on the back, putting his head and switching his arms. And Volk was wise to all of it, man. And, and there's a lot to be said for that, because like Matt alluded to earlier, uh, Dan Hooker hadn't been submitted like that. You know, Drew Dober, these guys, I mean, they got taken down. And I mean, they just got destroyed. He I mean, manhandled Drew, Hober, Drew Dober. He, he, he manhandled them and it, it wasn't even close. Bobby Green as well. You know, he took Bobby Green down and he just, it was, it was over. I mean, he ran over him. So these are guys that have fought in the UFC that are tough guys that are top 15 to top 25 all the time, right? Like these are guys that have been in the top, have been ranked and they're always, they're tough. They're guys, they're career guys. And the way Islam ran over them at 55 is what gave everybody, you know, there's no way that a smaller guy, but again, everybody discounted the will and the heart of Volkanovsky, the will to be great, right? The will to be better than everybody else. And I, he was very disappointed in the cage and you could see it in, in his emotion. It wasn't that he thought he won per se, because in the moment, I think he, I think he might've agreed with what we're saying. I saw that he tweeted and said he thought he had won, but he didn't, he wasn't like, that's bullshit. I won. He was just disappointed that he didn't achieve his goal. You could see what kind of a winner he was. He was really, truly disheartened that he did not achieve that that goal. He expected to win that fight. I mean, you could see it in the end, too. Sometimes, you know, I'm getting ready to do John Jones's breakdown, and I'm, I just looked at the, the Dom Reyes-John Jones fight, and everybody says, you know, how Dom Reyes won and how he won. But Dom Reyes survived those last couple of rounds as John really put the heat on him. And after the fight was over, Dom didn't do much in the fifth, but he was just so happy he had made it to the end of the fight. You could see that in people sometimes. They're satisfied with making it to the end with the great, right? And it's understandable. Alex was not satisfied. He was truly disappointed that he didn't win that fight. And it shows you it's a look in the mindset of greatness and the expectation. And I don't think he's going to take that as as a charity win. Like, oh, well, I showed everybody. I think he's going to be truly disappointed 
I think it's a, a mark he really thought he was going to hit that he missed. And I think he's going to go try that something like that again before he retires uh, to try to take another stab at that accomplishment. He's not I, looking for a moral that. victory. He's not looking no. for a moral victory. He no. wants the win. He wants the win. He wants that greatness. And he's driven by that. And his work ethic, if he can get that much better, you know, to what Matt's point was, there's no way he can get that much better in a short period of time, right? Where he could stop someone like Islam. Well, he obviously showed he could. And now that he knows how to train that way, he's going to be fucking using that as an offense, taking people down, beating them up. Who knows what other things he's going to be utilizing? Because if he's that strong and that physical and his grappling's gotten that much better, look out, featherweights. I mean, look out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And there's two more fights I think we should cover. One of them you just mentioned. I, I would like to ask your opinion on Gone against Jones because uh, Jones hasn't fought in three years. Uh, what, what do you expect out of this? Um, and and I, I think Gone is a, a tougher fight for him than even a guy like Stipe would be just because of the movement. But uh, do you, you think Stipe it. would be? Oh. Uh, you, you nailed it. You nailed it, Jim. The reality is no one's talking about Gone is a giant version in a lot of ways of John, he throws the front teeth to the knee, right? Those stabbing teeth to the knee. He's awesome and brilliant in the clinch with the knees and the elbows off the break. John is the master of elbows. I mean, he's, he is yeah. the guy, you know, that, that really, you know, orchestrated him in a level we had not seen. The spinning kicks, the jump kicks, the flying knees. They both do the same thing. They both fight ambidextrously. And the real question here is Cyril is finally finding someone longer than him. You know, I think he's 81 or something like that. Six, John's five, 84, giant, yeah. Giant guy. John is 84 and a half. So Cyril doesn't have the, the length advantage that he usually uh, enjoys in this matchup. Can he utilize his speed and the movement to get to John? And the big question is, can John, conversely, is he strong enough at heavyweight to manhandle a guy like Cyril? We haven't seen John in such a long time. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know what his strength level is. And we don't know what his ability to execute at that, that, that body size and that body mass is. So real interesting, real intriguing matchup. I can't wait to see it. Could you guys name me a fighter that took down double champ DC? John fucking Jones. Jones John, yeah, John fucking Jones, Jones did it, Jimmy. Yeah. John Jones took down yeah. DC. DC, if you remember, they call him the champ champ for a reason. Yeah. He's quite a fucking heavyweight. And look at his wrestling credentials. Yeah. This is the thing that I'm screaming from a mountaintop. John Jones 
is going to make this off. I know it's an MMA match. Look at one of his, look at one of his, look at his fight with Quentin Jackson. And one round ended when he shot him for a double, had his hand on the head underneath the crotch, like threw him over the shoulder. John Jones can do amazing things. Not yeah, just him. So John Jones, look at the second fight with him and um, the Swedish uh, Gustafsson, Alexander Gustafsson. Look at that second fight when he yeah. added in a nice, well-timed takedown. He's if he makes this a grapple yeah. match, which I believe that should be the game plan. Yeah, he is gonna strangle him. That's what I feel. Yeah. I feel it in my bones. No pun intended. The thing, the thing about it is, and 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 you know, you cannot deny it. John's, you know, JUCO national champion. He's got the grappling credentials, but he also is well-rounded. You know, I mean, when he strangled Machida, I mean, he'll find the neck. He'll find these positions because of the leverage and the length. Exactly. And also the leg length on the hooks, the leg length on the hooks and the leverage points that John creates on the ground is different from almost anybody else because he's so long, but yet he's strong, right? You got a guy like Volkov, he's a striker, he's not a wrestler. That length, we never seen that kind of length in that level of a wrestler. And I think that that's really what it comes down to. Can he throw those long legs in, you know, uh, get that half Nelson control and can he just pound away on, on, on Cyril. I mean, it's a real possibility. It really is. Do you think they fight? Do you, do you think that Jones pushes the action, trying to cut the cage a little bit uh, to keep Cyril from moving around? How, how, how do you, who do you see pushing it? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's absolutely going to have to, you know, push the pace on him. You know, if you watch his fights, um, he, he likes to dictate, cut off the, the cage. He'll switch stances. He can be very, very aggressive. John, he can also counter strike. He's got an unbelievable fight IQ. I mean, it's, it's gotta be one of the, you know, the best fight IQs that we've ever seen inside the octagon, along with the physical gifts. And I mean, he just adjusts as the fight goes on, but I think Matt said it, you know, I mean, look, we cannot not talk about Francis manhandling Cyril. I mean, Francis manhandled Cyril in those spots. And, uh, you know, you know, John's studying that tape, you know, he saw it, you know, he's going to try to take him there in the later rounds if it goes there. And, and, uh, you know, Francis is huge and, 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 and ba a badass dude, but he's not John Jones as far as the grappling creds go. That was kind of the first time we saw Francis employ that strategy and he did it successfully. But, you know, these are this is a much lower tier of grappling skill than we see with John Jones. So if Cyril couldn't stop that, you know, I mean, and John has the strength now that we see that's the only X factor is he's strong enough which he probably, you know, he probably is. I mean, the guy's been getting big for a long time. He teased about this 10 years ago. So, uh, you know, he's definitely, Cyril cannot allow him to take him down and start, you know, posting and landing those elbows and, and that ground and pound because it's devastating. When we talk about, you know, the physical aspects and what tools they have, that's smart that you brought up the fight IQ. Let's talk of lack of it. Let's talk about getting to the fifth round, getting exactly where you need to be, and then making a, a big mistake by laying down with a leg. Now you could say, well, yeah. you had a good chance so of getting down. that still hook. How many times in, so I say, in class, <laughs> unless he's literally <laughs> ripping legs off every oh, week in practice, did he just, did he ever, did he, I want to know if he's, because I know he got it before in a, in, a, in, a, in a match. He sat back with a leg and got it. It's yeah, almost like fifth round. Yeah, but, but you're right. Fifth round. I mean, I mean you, you, br you bring it up. I mean, Matt, you bring it up and it's a, it's a great point. And a very, very important point that will also tie into the fact that he only has 10 fights. You know, now here he is trying to fight the greatest of all time. This guy's got 16. This is his 16th championship fight, I think. You think he's got 15, 16 fights. 
This guy's got more championship fights than Cyril has fights. So, I mean, like, you're talking about this is a big deal. And, you know, Matt's not wrong. You know, I mean, if the guy, the guy went for a leg, if he stays on top, who knows, maybe he wins that title. But we've got to look at the grappling exchanges. We have to look at, you know, where he made mistakes and where he was weak in that fight. That fight was not long ago. Ty did not pose that threat. But we don't know if he's cleaned that up. And he's going to have to clean it up dramatically when he's fighting, you know, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Fight IQ, that's how it happens, man. I mean, you know how many back fists I had to take before I smartened up with some shit? <laughs> like, sometimes you learn by just, yeah. like, I, I guarantee. I mean, if Cyril yeah. Non is on top of somebody again, I'd be very shocked if he laid down with that leg again. You're right. You're right. You're right. Is Cyril gone to Southpaw? He listed as an orthodox, but he fights Southpaw. And, and, and you bring up another good point. These guys are ambidextrous, man. You know, I've been watching film on them for the last, you know, freaking three weeks and these guys are ambidextrous they fight they both fight both sides they're very good at touching and tapping and getting yeah. the distance management they get their distance then they kick right they set their whole offensive um, attacks and, and techniques up off of kicks using the range and finding the range and they're both very elusive I mean John is very good at not getting hit either that's why when he gets cracked everyone's like oh wow he took a big shot because we haven't ever really seen John you know get dropped or get hurt He's very good at rolling with the shots, switching sides, moving, grabbing, crashing in and clinching. So they really are both good at the same things on the feet, but it's the grappling is exchanges that really is, is going to tell us, you know, where this fight goes and, and John's experience there. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're definitely going to be in, in for a, a very interesting night. And I think we'll tell, be able to tell, um, after the first grappling exchange, you know, if he gets Cyril down and Cyril can't get up, then yeah. Can I can I throw in there before it gets too late? We have a new featherweight interim title holder in yeah. Yair Rodriguez taking out Josh Emmett with a beautiful triangle. I love jujitsu. I just <laughs> come on, man. That was so cool. It was. I mean, because yeah. What I love about just the submissions, because Josh Emmett, you're hitting that guy with a bat, he's coming after you. You know what I mean? You stop that yeah. blood flow to the brain, you got to say uncle. And Yair Rodriguez, man, what a fun fight. Because he yeah. was he was crafty, he's on the outside. Incredible. His kicks, he's using his kicks. Once in a while, Josh Emmett would come through with a haymaker. Some of them would just miss him. And you're like, if that lands... That's a problem. So it was one of those edge of your seat fights. It wasn't the longest fight, but it was. Well, was that the second round or the first round? Second. Second. I, but it was second. very edge of your seat. You knew it wasn't going five. It's just 100%. And, and, you know, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because when I look at Yair's progression from the Frankie Edgar fight, yes. when he got taken down over and over again, controlled, he couldn't get up. And Frankie, you know, is not a big guy. So now these years, these fight, these years later, now all these fights later, for him to get with a tank, Josh Emmett is a tank of a man, right? For him to handle the physicality, be that aggressive on the feet. He was so aggressive on the feet, Yair. I mean, with the kicks and the attacks, and he kept switching and going. I mean, he wasn't sitting back like, I don't want to get taken down. I don't want to get hit. He was just going. He was yeah. dealing with adversity while attacking the whole time. And then you just saw him when he hit the ground. He was hitting him with the hammer fist and the elbows, and he was looking for the triangle at the end of the first round to lock on, and then he was hitting him with that position, and he was so confident on the ground when he got – he was just, like, grabbing – he was just looking for it. I mean, Michael Bisbing, 
uh, called it out. He's like, he's got to watch out for the triangles. Bisping saw it, you know, well before. And then for you to get triangled like that on top, Matt knows this. It's not easy to do that at that level in the UFC in the second round. Like he had hurt Josh so bad with the stand-up and the kicks, and then he would load up and hit him mm. after he would kick him. And then Josh would come in, and he would punch him while he was coming in. He had him so damaged that he was so worn out. I mean, it was done. That was a tight triangle, game over. I mean, it was impressive. Plus, he was winning on bottom from the strikes. Yep. You can arguably say that even though he got on top of uh, Yair, Yair was striking with elbows and punching from the bottom. Those elbows, every time I see that, I cringe, man. When I fought GSP, and I said this before, he took me down. One of the things was when he keeps his head tight, I'm like, man, I'm going to – I never really used my elbows like this. I'm going to push up, and I'm going to fucking get him. I remember I did that. I told you this before, Jimmy. I pushed up his head. I fucking got him. My ulnar nerve, fucking done. My arm felt like it was – I couldn't even feel my extreme dead hand. I had a, I still, if I, like, lean on it too much or something, my ulnar nerve – I get the weird tinglys really quick. But anyway, I got a little thump. I got like dull elbows. I don't got no Kenny Florian or Yair Rodriguez elbows. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I did. His elbows elbows were, I mean, he was so confident and calm. And that goes to the next thing, you know, him and Volk. I mean, man. Mexico, he wants to do it. That that is. And and you know, two, two, two Mexican champions. That's right. Uh two Mexican champions and and, and our guy, Brandon Moreno, God bless him. You got to love that kid. Yeah. And now Yair, uh, I mean, man, you've got, you know, you got Brandon undisputed, now Yair in interim. And uh, Mexico, man, Mexico MMA. Shout out to uh, Mike Valley. Um, he is a, a great coach. Uh, he's Yair's, was Yair's striking coach for this fight. Um, I think he deserves a lot of credit. He, he's a little bit of an unheralded guy. But you saw the brilliance. Is that, a, yeah. is that, is that Frankie's cousin or no? I don't think so. Frankie Valley. So. Oh, what a night. So. Late December back in 63. I'm safe. I feel comfortable with you now. So I can sing let to you. It. I let it all out, Matt. Thank you. Let Jimmy always leaves when I sing. Sorry about that Frankie Valley reference. That's for any okay. old. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Italian and Mexican. I think we're getting the crossover here. <laughs> but maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a distant relative there somewhere. Hey. Is there any uh, time? I'm oh, sorry, Matt. Is there any uh, time frame on uh, Moreno Pantoja? You know, there there isn't. I mean, we we know that. You know, we we've spoken about this. We know Pantoja's. You know, next he deserves the shot. Um, but you know, if the Brandon's Brandon's down, man. Brandon's down to do it in in, in Vegas, um, and Brandon's down to do it in Mexico City. So Brandon is is a yes sir, point me in that direction type of guy, man. I mean, he just and uh, he never runs from a challenge. And I mean, I think he looks looks forward to those challenges and I think they make him better. And I think you saw that in the Biggie fight. I mean, um, I feel like Brandon is really kind of coming to his own at 29 to 30 years old now. That's kind of like when you really start to grow up. And I just feel like that he's really maturing as an athlete. So that's going to be a challenge. Pantoja is, is, a, is a great fighter, uh, you know, and I know they have history, but I don't think Brandon is that guy anymore. And I think we saw that change in, in the last fight. You know, him and Figgy had three close fights. The last fight wasn't close at all. I mean, Brandon controlled it from start to finish using his intelligence and his discipline. And, and I think we're going to see more of that from him. I was thinking about Brandon the other day because uh, I brought my kids to the old uh, Roosevelt Field Mall. And my youngest now is super into Legos. Now, I know there's parents listening. 
And in this age of iPads and my kids are ah, the roadblocks and this and that, they're always fucking Legos. I never played as a kid. And I know Brandon still plays. A lot of adults like it too. What a great toy for kids. Like, because Jimmy, yeah. I know you want to, Jimmy, listen, this past, I loved Lego when I was a kid. I never played as a kid. Maybe it's fun. Now, well, I, I probably couldn't put it together. But the point oh, is, come on. My youngest, like, I'm looking at the stuff she's building. She looks at a little thing. And I go, what the? That must be from your no no, her grandfather, because he could build a fucking house out of fucking anything. I mean, I can't hang a nail. My wife's the handyman here. But my point is this what a great boy for kids. Because it, it gets them building. They look at the little thing and they're, but, they're not on the computer. They're building. I go, well, you built that out of looking at that. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Brandon, Brandon, people, people like, oh, he's a kid and oh, Legos and this and that. And I've said this before. Brandon's an analyst. I mean, and you know this. You can't be an analyst in MMA, real-time analyst, and not be sharp as a whip. He's a champion, now a, a, a multiple-time champion, an undisputed champion. The kid is very, very smart. And I think he kind of has that quiet, polite demeanor. He's very respect, respecting and nice, but he's a fucking lion. And on the inside, I mean, I, I see that in him, and I love that about him. He's got a balance there in life as a father and a, a family man. But, man, when you get when you get him in those rounds, and, uh, I mean, I've got the shirt on right here. I got to give a shout-out to my guy, Capitillo Boxing in Vegas. This is uh, Brandon's boxing coach. But, I mean, the amount of grind that these guys were doing in camp, you know, uh, uh, the boxing rounds, the rounds we were doing at the PI, I mean, I'm talking about we were going to war, and it wasn't it wasn't perfect. We had all kinds of issues and injuries. And I see, I saw Brandon walk through the fire, man, over and over again. And Matt knows this. To be a champion, you got to have that grit and tenacity. So I think that all the other stuff, the sweet stuff, I think it's just his balance, man. And and I, I find that to be uh, pretty awesome that he's a balanced guy. And I think that fighters need that balance, right? I mean, they need to find a balance. They need to find other things uh, that complete them. And it can't just be focused on MMA. But I think it shows a little bit of the genius there. And, we're seeing that with guys in the commentating and all the rest. There's a lot of smart people in this sport. And uh, I, I love the fact that people are starting to recognize that. Shit, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, Jack uh, Della Maddalena, I'll tell you right <laughs> now, he answered the call versus Randy Brown. You know, yeah, Randy yeah, Brown, I see him every Tuesday night at Sarah BJJ. He trains with my buddy Nardu Deborah over from Budokan uh, here in Long Island. He's from Brooklyn, hometown guy. Uh, Dangerous, dangerous guy. He was wearing sunglasses at the press conference. Uh, Randy Brown. I'm just saying, Randy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bright in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't he asking for? Uh, he's asking for Vicente Luque, isn't he? Isn't he saying he wants uh, Vicente? What is safe? What is safe? What about the sunglasses inside? That is so fucking. There's this shit that coaches have. We have a couple of things that we have, right? that yeah. we're watching we watch fight week we're watching our guys we're watching the enemies we're watching everything. this is one of them matt's matt's hit one of them you never want to see your guy fucking feeling himself out of nowhere the guy comes in and out every week hey how you doing hey sir how you doing then fight week all of a sudden he's got fucking studded diamond uh earrings and sunglasses and he's acting off you're like whoa whoa dude you're throwing your mojo way off here man don't don't be putting that energy out there and so we always said you know just I, I don't know if, what it is about sunglasses that make guys feel like maybe they're doing better. Figgy was wearing them too. So maybe Matt's on to something, but you don't want to see your guy trying to be something he's not, you know, and maybe Randy is that guy. I don't know him personally, but you don't want to see 
you're the hype building up. You want to see your athlete just relaxed in his natural state and, you know, not worried about who's, who's there, who's not there being able to fight like they do in the gym. And I'll tell you what, I know that Matt doesn't let no fucking guys come in the gym with sunglasses on. I mean, I, when guys come, when guys come in my gym with sunglasses on, I go, you're inside now. You know that, right? You're yeah. inside. And it's not the fighters. You can just be students even, yeah. you know? So. I Could it be to mask fear? Do you think guys do that because it's almost like it's a way of, of, of masking a, an emotion or something? Or do you think it's purely um, to, to look cool? It's different. I don't it's, know. It's like, you're not, listen, I understand your point if you're at a poker table. You don't want to see nothing. But it's not. I, I would say this. If there is guys with anxiety, it could help with any kind of anxiety. Whenever you have anxiety, you have sunglasses on. It could help with that. But I don't think that's it. I think it's guys just trying to be the fucking guy. Look dude. a certain way, yeah. It's not that yeah. cool. If you're that guy, if you're that fucking guy, like Connor, he's that fucking guy, right? Yeah. Like, like Connor McGregor, that's, that's who he is. He was that way from day one. He's that way now. You just got to be true to whoever you are. Like, if that's, if that's the, who the athlete is, that's who they are. But when you see a lot of changing, you could tell they're trying to find the mental, their mental bearings. That's never good because, like I said, for them to be efficient, you want them to be relaxed. And if they're mentally not relaxed, that's not a good sign. So it's interesting. Matt's always bringing up these little tidbits, but there's really a lot to them. Matt, and Safe, who's the most relaxed guy uh, you can think of that, that you've – coach no matter what the situation was just kind of even keeled i would probably say jeff neal i mean yeah. uh jeff neal i mean let me tell you something i've never seen jeff neal get really mad uh and in my whole life and you know he's a guy that's dealt with adversity and had a lot of you know well-documented hardships he's always even keel man and even when i'm on his ass about you know we've had moments where i'm pushing him to win and he does he never gets like, uh, like, ah, you know, he's just like, yes, sir. You could tell he's looking at me like he wants to punch me in the face. <laughs> um, right. Uh, sometimes he does give me that look like I'm going to fuck. I want to fucking hit you in the face. But that's when I know I'm getting to him. But he won't ever say anything. And that, yeah. that look is very, very rare. And I mean, he's really smooth operator. And, uh, you know, I think that's dangerous, man. Guys like that, they're, they're never too high, never too low, really, really calm. And they can find that that themselves in those hard moments and and just one of those guys and i mean you know john jones and all these champions they all have that um that distinction so i think it's important for an athlete and also the one fight we did not discuss on the main card is uh justin uh, uh taffa, oh, taffa yeah Walker porter first round knockout beautiful beautiful he, slide you know, back he knew beautiful. he was done when he he knew when he landed he was done He'd have to yeah, the, way, the way, but the way that, you know, Taff is a big dude and the way he just slid back and kept his eyes locked in and hit that left hand coming in that wide, right. It was so well done. I mean, he saw that in, off the tape and off the film and you could just tell that he game plan for it and he just executed perfectly. So, you know, kudos to him, man. I love when a guy, I think he came in at 266. I love when a guy comes in at 266. <laughs> That's just, it's, it's heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah, it's like my brother in law. He's got to cut weight to make the, uh, the heavyweight. And uh, I did like seeing uh, uh, back to Jack Della and Madalena versus and, yeah. uh, Randy Brown. I like seeing them afterwards on the social media. I saw them out there in a bar taking a shot. That's nice. Yeah. It's nice <laughs> to, you know, break bread, have a drink with the guys you fought. You know, I remember like 100%. yesterday doing that in, uh, in in his Manchester when Al Quinta fought Ross Pearson, I, don't, I just remember being with all those English guys and we were doing yeah. shots and 
Ross is a cool guy. Ross has always been a real cool dude. Cool dude, man. Great fighter. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, safe. I guess that this is it for us uh, for the day. But thank you again. You're always so great, man. And come back whenever you want. We love having you on. I love being on, guys. It's always a pleasure. Anything? Uh, anything you want to plug? Safe. Let's tell everybody where your uh, where your school is, please. Uh, no, we don't need to plug anybody. No, we man. need to. We... Yeah, I want. What if I'm visiting and I'm like, I'm not around that area, and I'm like, oh shit, that's where he is. Where are you guys? Where is Fortis? We are. We are. We are in Deep Ellum, Dallas, Texas, uh, close to downtown um yeah no uh, the gym is gym is doing very very well and that we're actually at capacity we've been at capacity for a while we are probably going to open another space and we're kind of in between um figuring out where we're going to do that so uh no things are good man and mma is mma just continues to grow at an unbelievable rate it really does i guess we made the right choice way back in the day when our parents told us are you crazy what are you gonna do jujitsu matt are you crazy matt Mom, just hey. watch, mom. Just give me a chance. Just let me I'm, show you, mom. I'm still happy that they made fighting a sport. And by the way, it's, it changed my life. If I, if I, if I listen, fighting and being silly, I made a career out of my only strengths. Yeah. Hey, safe. My, I just remembered my sister-in-law just moved to Dallas. Uh, her and our and uh, her family. So I'm gonna when I I when I visit, I'm gonna be coming down to hang out. It's your home gym, baby. You no, I really will. I I'd love to hang out with you, uh, Jimmy. Yes. You're going to be at the Paramount in a couple of weeks. And I'm going to see you. It's almost sold out. Yeah, I got a notice for them. They said to just give one more push. It's almost sold. So uh, it's March 4th, Paramount Theater. And then uh, this Wednesday, I'll be at the Fat Black Pussycat doing an hour. And uh, Matt, where, where can people come to see you if they want to train in Long Island? Well, I mean, SarahBJJ.com, Huntington, Long Island. But uh, Jimmy, save a seat for me and the missus. We're coming to yes, see you. Yes, of course. Okay, I'm going to be with my wife. No, no dirty humor. No I'm salty okay. language, no. Jimmy, I know you're sick. Safe, thanks so much, bro. Good to see you, buddy. Take care, guys. Bye, everyone. Right, so. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.